Well, good evening, church. It's uh, time for us to begin our Bible study this evening. Thank you for your, your presence. Thank you for your time. Uh, let's go together to God in prayer, please. Great and wonderful Heavenly Father, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you. For you are awesome, magnificent, and kind. Thank you for Jesus, your great Son, for that amazing sacrifice that was made in our behalf. Please help us to live for you, to honor your name, to glorify you in all that we say and do. These things we ask and pray and thank you for in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ would be thy will. Amen. Okay, so we're um, now closing out Philippians 4 and verse 8 in our uh, series tonight in Life Enrichment. Uh, we're worthy, worthy uh, to be praised or whatever is worthy. Let your mind dwell on these things. Tonight is whatever is worthy, praiseworthy, glorified, uh, magnificent, reverent or reverence, and uh, in intense desire, worthy of praise. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I couldn't think of anything uh, worthy of praise than Jesus. <laughs> Uh, anyone worthy of praise than Jesus. So tonight we're going to look um, at, at Jesus, which is actually a, a great thing because it's going to kind of um, get us a, a step, maybe catapult us into this new idea. We're going to go from this study, Life Enrichment, into a, a study on, on Jesus. And uh, so uh, it works really, really well. But let's finish worthy of praise and then let your mind dwell on these things. Uh, and then the next quarter we'll go into uh, Jesus Christ. Verse 9. Of Revelation chapter 4. Jesus is worthy of praise. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne. To him who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne. And will worship him who lives forever and ever. And will cast their crowns before the throne saying... Worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou didst create all things, and because of thy will they existed and were created. I'm going to Psalm 148, but think about in, in the times of, of this disaster where the church is being persecuted, and, and then they say that Jesus is worthy of praise and that Jesus lives forever. It, there's a contradiction in, in the statement because Jesus is dead, right? <laughs> no. And, and that's the, that's the amazing proclamation of, of the book of Revelation is that Jesus Christ is alive and well and worthy to be praised. And so, uh, when you think about Jesus, you think about this excellence and this greatness, you think, uh, to yourself, wow, there's an end to our persecution, to our trials, to our tribulation. And, you know, today we're looking at uh, this pandemic and we're going, will it ever end? Oh, yeah, you know, the vaccine's going to come or this or that. And we, will it ever end? It's gloomy for us. And we're just talking about a pandemic. I mean, not making light of it, but will, will the Christian persecution ever end? Will, will, the idea of going to the arena and being executed, becoming martyrs for Jesus, will that ever end? Will Rome ever fall? 
And then this proclamation, oh, you know, Jesus who was executed, that was his plan. And all of us are saved as a result of his plan. All the Christians, right, who are faithful to Christ. Worthy of Jesus to be to be praised. Psalm 148, beginning in verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all stars of light. Praise Him, highest heavens and the waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For He commanded and they were created. He has also established them forever and ever. He has made a decree which will not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and winged fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and virgins, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. And He has lifted up a horn for His people. Praise for all His godly ones, even for the sons of Israel, a people near to Him. Praise the Lord. What's amazing about this whole psalm And the reason I wanted to read the entire song, and there's so many other ones I wanted to read, but praise God and all the created praise God. Isn't it amazing that the Creator humbled Himself and served the created? Think about that. The Creator humbled Himself who's worthy of all praise, all honor, and all glory, and served the created. And even allowed the created to treat him in a way that was inhumane and died for the created when he could have instead just crushed every one of us. But he's praiseworthy, see, We praise His name because God is beyond any words that we can utter in our language or any human language. Colossians, please, chapter 1. The created must serve the Creator. The created is indebted to the Creator. And sometimes I think what happens is because life is uh, so... Well, it becomes mundane. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Sometimes, maybe oftentimes, the world forgets that. And the world thinks that the Creator should serve the created. And brethren, that's so far from the truth, right? Colossians 1 and verse verse 16. For by Him all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And in Him all things hold together. 
So think about just for a moment when you read this passage and, and again you're living in the first century and all your mind can do is think about Rome because Rome is knocking on your door. I mean the Romans are, are everywhere. All you're thinking about is Rome and my death is inevitable and when will it come and when will the Romans come and and you see death all around you because of Rome and you see war and chaos because of Rome. And then you read or are reminded by Paul that Jesus has everything under control. What a gift. Right? Psalm chapter 33. God is truly worthy to be praised. He's worthy of our praise and, and, and our giving him honor and, and glory. And every day that we wake up, it's not just thank you, God, for this beautiful day, but thank you, God, that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. And we know that from the Old Testament. The Bible tells us that as long as there's a covenant, you see the covenant of day. Every time the day comes, that's a reminder that God has kept his covenant and that Jesus Christ is on the throne. What a gift, right? So there's more to the day for us than than just the fact of the sunshine and all the beauty that comes with it. Psalm 33, beginning at verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Then comes the idea, the understanding that God spoke the world into existence and that the world remains and continues by the power of that word. Jesus said to the son, stay. Right? And there it is, right? He, he told the galaxy, you know, as he gave its command and the, the orbits and all the things that are going on in the galaxy, but he, he commanded it to do what it does and it continues to this day. He says to the star, fall, and it falls. You know, the only thing that really doesn't obey God is us. Right? We're the only, we're the only ones. But God wants us to understand. Paul is saying, if you think about worthy things, think about Jesus, It can't help but to encourage us to surrender to our great God. To surrender our all to our great God. No longer me or no longer self, but all of thee. Psalm uh, chapter 18. Psalm chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. The Bible reads this. I love thee, O Lord. My strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. How often do we call on the name? Of the Lord, right? Not, not just saying God in our prayer, but calling on the name of the Lord. You know, 
wherever we may be, just the idea that our God is great. Not not in not in the moment when you're, you're driving your car and it it's, it starts to drift sideways and then you say, "Oh Lord, help me." Not not then. <laughs> I mean, calling on His name, literally praising God, just in the good times and in the bad. How often do we call on the name of the Lord outside of tragedy, outside of struggles, outside of difficulties? Is God forever our stronghold? Is God forever? Uh, our rock is God forever, our deliverer, right? Yeah, right. But how often do we call on the name of the Lord? Have we become a people who uh, are so complacent, or, or perhaps complacent isn't the proper word, perhaps better a word to use would be, are we, are we a, a people that have become so comfortable that we don't, we don't really need God until we need God? And we've forgotten that we need God for every breath that we take. And we call on his name and give him all the praise, the honor, and the glory. See, there's something to that. It's really difficult um, to worry and stress and all these things if you're calling on the name of the Lord. You can't do both of those at the same time. <laughs> you know, if you're saying, oh, God, you're wonderful and great. Thank you. So this is just great. I mean, I'm so thankful. You can't help but to be excited. And I don't know about you, but whenever I think about God and calling on his name, you can't help but to smile. You know, because you're talking to God. It's like, thank you, God. For God is amazing and wonderful and great and gracious and kind. And and when is it that God has ever left his people alone? You know, even he says, I, I will uh, never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus said, I won't leave you as orphans. I'll send the comforter back. And then I want to go to John chapter 21. Uh, Jesus in his conversation with Peter and, and I want you to think about this in a, in a different way. Uh, you know, normally we can talk about the word phileo and, and agapeo, but, but I want to talk about something different. I want to talk about the fact that God is willing sometimes, sometimes, to accept all that he's going to get. I mean, he has, he has standards, and we have to reach those standards. But I want you to look at what he was, when he spoke to Peter. And, and, and God didn't, he didn't do something that we, we might do. He didn't argue with Peter about, Peter, what? You don't love me from an agape standpoint? You only love me as a friend, Peter? He didn't do that. He said, Peter, I still need, I have a job for you. Doesn't matter how much love you have for me, I have a job for you. And it goes for the whole church, right? God has a job for us to do. And I want to begin in verse 15. And it says, So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. In other words, do we love God enough to help take care of his people? Think about that. You know, even if you only love Jesus as a friend, that's enough to bear the responsibility of helping to take care of his people. Am I my brother's keeper? John 21. Yeah, we are. Take care of my people. Tend my sheep. 
Shepherd my flock. Take care of my people. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. God has expectations for His children that we care for each other. Only a praiseworthy God would be concerned about others. Take care of my people. Right? And so being a shepherd, the idea of shepherding. If you were out with a a shepherd, an actual literal shepherd, you'd see the care that he has for his sheep. And if you were to ask for a little help, you could help that shepherd. We could help that shepherd in one way or another. And Jesus is the chief shepherd. We can help our shepherd in one way or another. And so, in verse 1 of Psalm 23, the Lord is all of us, all of ours, each of our shepherd. And we, I, shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And thou dost prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And thou hast anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Shepherd my people. Shepherd my flock. Take care of each other. Help the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, to tend the flock. Right now is a great time for that, isn't it? Right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. Look out for each other, church. Right? Be there for each other. Remember our first duty is service and service to God. Help each other. Help each other out. Tend my flock. Tend my sheep. Shepherd my flock. That's what God wants us to do. To ensure that, as we said in the military, no man is left behind. To ensure that no one's left behind. To ensure there's no one suffering or hurting without the knowledge of others. Take care of my sheep. Tend my, my flock. Shepherd, shepherd each other. Help the chief shepherd take care of his people. That's what God asks of us. Then I wonder, and as I'm thinking about life, what am I doing to help the saints, to help our fellow countrymen, our brethren? What are we doing for each other? Are we helping to tend? flop. Back into the New Testament, to the book of Hebrews. The chapter is 6. To think about the fact that God has never left His people without comforting and caring for them. He is truly worthy of praise, isn't He? He has set the precedence. He has established before us the uh, true role that we have as humans in this life. 
in service toward one another. That the creator, the creator of the universe, of the things seen and the things unseen, is willing to serve the created. For God is worthy of all praise, glory, and honor. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And thus, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and when with them an oath given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God desiring even more to show to the heirs the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose interposed with an oath, in order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may have strong encouragement, we who have fled for refuge and laying hold of the hope set before us. Abraham, a man told by God a long time ago, many, many, many years ago, that you would have descendants uh, that are un you know, innumerable as the stars you cannot count, as the sand that cannot be counted, the descendants of Abraham would exceed. Well, think about that for just a moment. Thousands and thousands of years ago, God made that promise, and it's still true to this day. Isn't that amazing? God is worthy to be praised. Thousands of years ago. And there was so much opposition that Abraham faced and Sarah faced and Isaac and Jacob. And you go down the lineage and the genealogy to Jesus Christ and yet nothing and no man could ever stop the great plan of God. And God cared for His people and for His seed line all the way through and continues to this day. God is worthy to be praised. Look at Romans chapter 11. Unsearchable, unfathomable, absolutely amazing. And to think about that, that He is the God whom we serve. I mean, you have to stand in awe of that and say, wait a minute. We serve the amazing, almighty God. Never let it become something that is, um, or a God who should never lose His meaning in our hearts, in our understanding of life. We should never, um, Diminish God, if you will. We should never uh, forget about God or relax our hand when it comes to God. God is amazing. He's the God whom we serve. And He's worthy to be praised. Never uh, be ashamed to pray in public. Never be ashamed of God. For He's worthy to be, to be praised. In verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who became his counselor? Or who was first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. God. God Almighty. Look at Psalm 118. We'll begin at verse 1. All things belong to God. 
All good and perfect gifts come from God. And we have so much to be excited about. When you think of God, it's kind of hard to think of the greatness of God and His glory and His honor. And then at the same time, be depressed. You know that God reigns victorious. Beginning of verse 1, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let Israel say, His loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let the house of Aaron say, His loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let those who fear the Lord say, His loving kindness is everlasting. From my distress, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall look with satisfaction on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes All nations surround me in the name of the Lord. I will surely cut them off. You love the writer, the idea, the the understanding of the great goodness of God. That God will never relax His hand from evil. He will always stand opposed to evil. Here's a question. Can you tell me one sin that God doesn't hate? There's not one. He hates every one of them. And this world is a sinful world. And yet, God reaches down from the heavens to protect His people. Though we find ourselves with fault, and we find ourselves with sin, yet God is willing to pardon our sins. He'll never relax His hand against evil, and He'll never relax His hand when it comes to protecting His people. God is worthy to be praised. Psalm 63. How often... Do we think about God, the greatness of our God? How often throughout our day do we stop for a moment to praise His name, to think about the goodness of God? Verse 1 of Psalm 63. O God, Thou art my God. I shall seek Thee earnestly. My soul thirsts for Thee. My flesh yearns for Thee. In a day, excuse me, in a dry and weary land, where there is no water. Thus I have beheld thee in the sanctuary to see thy power and thy glory because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise thee. Do I, do I yawn, yawn, long for God? Do I yearn for him? That was what I was looking for. <laughs> do I yearn for him? Do I long for God? So think about that. In a dry and thirsty land, all you think about is water. I need something to drink. I need, I'm so thirsty. I'm very parched. I'm, do we, do we long for God throughout our day? I mean, how often do you really actually, do we actually think about God in our day, throughout our day, and long for Him as we might in a dry and thirsty land long for water? How often? Are we the ones that only think about God in difficult times, during difficult times? Or are we the ones that long for God continuously? 
throughout the day. Oh God, you are my rock. Oh God, you are my strength. Oh God, you are my deliverer. Right? All throughout the day. Have you ever thought about, and maybe this is just me thinking in a, in a silly way, but the number of traps that Satan has laid out there for, for me personally, for my day. You know, he lays them out there, he sets all these traps out there. And I cannot see them. And I wonder at the same time, how many of those traps that Satan lays for me that God removes from me? <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? I mean, what has God rescued me from today? Well, go visit the hospital. It's a good start, right? From all the things that could have happened. Think about, and maybe we ought never do this, but all the things that could have happened. Some people do. Some folks think about all the things that could happen, but it never happened because God protected us. Think about the greatness of our God. Every moment of every second of our day, God is blessing us and caring for us and comforting us and keeping us. That's the God whom we serve. He's worthy to be praised. Psalm 150. I love this psalm because it, it you know, it goes into even the inanimate things, you know. Um, praise the Lord, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary, in his sanctuary. Praise him, uh, in his mighty expanse. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with the string instruments and pipe. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That tells me that it's exciting to praise the Lord. Right? You get excited when you start thinking about the greatness of God. Self-pity goes away. Right? Pride is erased when you're standing in awe of God. You realize the, the littleness, the smallness of self. And so those things go away in this idea of meditation. When we meditate on God, it brings us right back to Jesus. When we meditate on the things of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, it brings us right back to Jesus. Jesus is excellent. Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is great. Jesus is worthy of all honor and all praise and all glory. And He's our God. He's worthy of our time, of our consideration. He's worthy of our, our mouths to echo His name. When you stand in the, in the midst of the world and you try to figure out, oh boy, am I going to be able to bring Jesus in? Always bring Jesus in. He's worthy. Our friends are not. Humans are not in comparison to Jesus. Jesus is wonderful. Colossians chapter 1. So we're looking at something when you think of uh, Philippians 4. We're looking at, at Jesus who is far, this goes far beyond um, moral excellence. We're talking about, about God and we're going, we're going far beyond. We're exceeding the greatness of humanity when it comes to uh, the excellencies of God, when, we, when it comes to uh, righteousness, when it comes to integrity, when it comes to honor, when it comes to nobility, when it comes to purity, we're thinking about Jesus. And when you're thinking about Jesus, it's just really difficult to dwell on the negative when you're thinking about Jesus. It's real hard 
He overcame everything. He overcomes everything. He created everything. Everything belongs to Him. Wow. And so maybe when we think of Philippians 4 and verse 8, trying to reach that point in our lives where God grants to us this peace that surpasses all comprehension. Peace in the midst of chaos. Perhaps it's the idea that the more we focus our minds on Jesus, the happier we'll be in this life. The easier life becomes the more that we focus on Jesus. The more that we focus on Jesus and fixate our minds on Jesus, the better even the negative becomes because we know that God will overcome all things. And if God has overcome all things, then we too will overcome. So the more that we focus on Jesus, it's not that we gain a better understanding of life. It's that we become more comfortable with life. And we allow God to have the upper hand in our lives. We allow God to be the decision maker in our lives. And we allow God to be number one in our lives, even before self. God is worthy to be praised. Verse 9, Colossians chapter 1. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. When you go back and read, if you just take all the prison epistles and you realize that Paul wrote these from prison, and yet they're so exciting and so encouraging. I mean, think about that. You go, wait, wait, wait. This man is looking at his death. And he says, oh, don't worry about it, uh, Timothy Church. There, there's waiting for me this crown of righteousness. And not only for me, but for all those who love God's appearing. He's like, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. And he's in prison. God's word is absolutely incredible. It's amazing to think about the creator. The creator who serves. And you go out and you look at uh, idolatry. And you, 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 you know, you have an idol on, on a table or in a, in a, in a vase or wherever, wherever the idol is. And, uh, in a china hutch. That thing doesn't serve you. <laughs> you have to clean it and take care of it. And, right? If it falls, you have to pick it up. Doesn't make any sense. What is wrong with our minds as humans? And I say our, meaning mine too. What's wrong with us? We serve a God who serves. And he serves the unworthy. And he makes us worthy. And for that reason, he's worthy. But only the worthy can make the unworthy worthy. <laughs> right? God is amazing. How often throughout my day, throughout your day, do you think about our worthy God? Look at Hebrews, please, chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. I'd like to begin reading in verse 13. To think that the God who serves has 
for the baptized believer removed all sins. For the Christian who has surrendered their lives to God, who continues to stay in confession and prayer, who has a repentant heart, we serve a God who's willing to wipe away every sin and remember them no more. And he cleanses our conscience continuously. Isn't it great? Only Christians can live without guilt. <laughs> I mean, I know we do, but we shouldn't. You know, you, you make the wrong right. Do, the, do what you can to make the wrong right. right. First with God and then with humanity. And then know that God has wiped that sin away. And now live for Jesus. Right? I think it's uh, Luke 9 and verse 62 that, you know, it's not possible for us to continue to reach back to the plow and serve Jesus. You just can't do that. You know, you got to keep going forward in our relationship with our great God. Look at what he does. Verse 13, Hebrews chapter 9. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now, because of Jesus, we recognize something. We have value. Because of the blood of the Lamb, we have value. We, God's people, God's children, who have been cleansed by Jesus Christ, have value. Now we can pray to God. And here's what's amazing. He hears us. Isn't that amazing? He hears our prayers. And he answers our prayers. He responds to our prayers. And he's watching over us continuously throughout the day. And he, our God, knows our every ache and pain. All of our suffering, all of our struggles, God, he searches us and seeks us and desires us. God is amazing. God is amazing. God is worthy of our time and our attention. God is worthy to be praised. Not just, not just in, in difficult times, but at all times of our lives. First Peter chapter chapter one verse eighteen. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ redeemed. We have been Redeemed. We've been redeemed by Jesus. Redeemed. Value. We carry something because of because of the blood of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus. We're going back to Daniel for just a moment. Chapter 7. Because of the blood of Jesus and through the blood of Jesus, we have been redeemed. We are worth something. To God. Only the worthy God can make the unworthy worthy. And we thank God for that. Daniel 7 in verse 13. I kept looking in the night vision. 
And behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. And church, that's who we are. We're we're subjects of that kingdom. We are we are children of a king who has dominion over all things, who has always had dominion, but now over the kingdom, as in Daniel chapter 7, over all the kingdoms that have ever existed on the, all the face of the earth, God's dominion and his dominion he has given even to us that we reign with Jesus. Brethren, I want to close in Ephesians chapter 1 and just just think about the greatness of Jesus. In the days of the Romans, the greatness of Domitian or of Nero or Augustus or Caliglia or the emperors of Rome, Claudius, they would see these emperors and they would say, wow. These guys are great. And then Jesus comes down and crushes them. Wow. We serve an amazing God. Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now listen to that. God has blessed his children with every spiritual blessing. He hasn't left one thing undone. Every spiritual, to think that I possess by the gift of God, every spiritual blessing that God has to offer to his children while on the earth. Thank you, God, for God is worthy to be praised. And then verse 10, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things upon the earth in Him. And so in closing tonight, everything is summed up in Jesus. Everything. That includes my life and your lives. Everything is summed up in Jesus Christ. He's worthy. He's worthy. If you're not a Christian tonight, we trust and pray that you're on the line tonight. You will communicate with us and allow us to study with you to help you to learn how to become a Christian, a child of God. If you are a child of God and you're struggling in your faith and you need prayers made on your behalf, we pray you'll communicate with us that we might be able to pray with you We may work together in our service to God. Thank you tonight for your time. We really appreciate it and your kind attention. God bless each one of you.